Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Slam Cogcast. It is I Slam Cognito. And I just want to let y'all know that um, once again, another reminder that we are still watching Attack on Titan. The reaction video will be up this week for last week's episode. As of yesterday, Sunday, of the episode from the 21st, it will be coming later on that week. Possibly in both videos on the same day, but they are coming. Also, after the series is done and the season is over, we will have a summation video. And it'll be pretty much a review, in my opinion, of the entire series. So get ready for that. I'm putting a lot into it and hoping that it's good enough. But don't expect too much because I'm hoping that it ain't too, too much. Because I don't want to, I want to be able to pump this content out for y'all. I don't want to make it too complex. The, the better the editing, the longer it takes to get this content out. <clears throat> Plus, I feel like if you over edit your videos, then it's got like a like a degree of fakeness to it. Like there's 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 a line between nice and presentable or professionalism and then there's on the other side of that line there's literally the authenticity that comes with flaws. So and I I'm I'm I wanna flirt with the line but don't just like, you know, hop over it too many times. Um but let's get into it. What I've been playing this week, uh I have been dabbling in some a hat in time and it's uh pretty addictive. Though I will admit, um as I go on, I will admit that the other worlds that you visit are like ten times more interesting than the default world, the starting area, the the, the tutorial area, Mafia Town. That first world is very boring to me, and it's not that interesting compared to the rest of the worlds that I visit thus far. Um so and I'm a I'm a completionist type OCD when it comes to collectathons that are fun and it's not a chore, you know what I mean, to complete it. Then, yeah, I'd usually go for 100% as I go. That means that um, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in each world until I hit a wall where I cannot progress further or there's some upgrade I need in order to get the rest. Like, that's just how I am. And I will honestly admit that going back through Mafia Town feels like a chore whereas exploring these other worlds it's like an experience the 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 second world where you meet the birds one that makes movies and the other makes music and it's all like a hollywood like themed thing it's so interesting it's very unique it's so fucking funny it's so creative it's so colorful it's fun to look at it's fun to listen to the music is great everything's adorable the main character you can't get enough of her she's way too cute it's a great game and i'm enjoying myself a lot um next what else have I been playing this week, actually? I don't know why I always forget the second game that I've been playing. But I guess I'll give a quick mull over of... Because um, I don't want to talk about Half-Life. I'm just walking through it just to experience it. Um, Apex, however, the new season, still good. Fuse, still really good. Uh, still a fun game. Still the best shooter that I can find on the market. Um, but I'm still grinding out my first battle pass ever. And it feels like an experience. Um, I feel... I found out when I was so searching to find out why exactly I gave in to get the battle pass because I never, ever, ever, ever pay on free-to-play games. Ever, 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 ever. I'm way too cheap for that. So when it came down to it, I was like, hmm, maybe I just wanted to know what it's like because I see people running on the treadmill of doing these incentives in order to keep playing the game through the battle pass. And in my mind, I see a person as being held hostage or prisoner to keep playing a game rather than the game itself bringing the person back. But 
that's where the, the the streams cross right then because this is a game that i actually love and the gameplay is so good that it makes me come back well if i'm gonna be playing and grinding it and i've maxed out the past what four five battle passes without buying the premium pass then it's like why not i'm missing out on great things unique animations and voice lines and stuff like that music and skins just because i'm cheap when really it's a really good battle pass system where you could just hold on to the cash that you earn from the premium pass and just buy the next one it it can't be beat there's no loss anywhere involved in my case since i love apex and it's something that i'm willing to play on a regular basis anybody else who just visits the game or just plays it with friends from time to time will not benefit from a battle pass so that makes sense um so one of the, one of the things i have to do in terms of a, a game reviewer quote unquote is to be able to realize that there's a huge difference between a single player experience and what you get your worth out of the game and a multiplayer experience and getting your worth amongst different individuals and you know their own unique um amount of playtime that they would invest so it's, it's just another thing another angle to consider when it comes to being able to make a sound uh opinion about it an educated or informed opinion about it so anyway yeah moving on from what we played this week um let's just hop into the news and drill this shit all right because you know we got to keep the time down these days we don't like to you know go over so yeah let's go first on rockpapershotgun.com apple wants valve to hand over revenue data as part of legal fight with epic Okay, according to the article, it's like the the um it said that um you know of course we've discussed before previously with these cases that uh, Apple and Google their app stores charge a thirty percent cut of all sales on the service, and they're basically I don't exactly know directly how. But for some reason, it pertains to the case and maybe one of the points that they're trying to draw in the case to know how much Valve makes from the cut that they take from game developers who need to and, and, and publishers that use their platform. So even though I feel like that's something that's very, very touchy, like you, you like as, as Valve right now, I would be completely uncomfortable with sharing that type of information because you do not want that information to come to light as a business not to say that valve is innocent that they're not corrupt you know what i mean i'm not trying to like send them to heaven but it's just no matter what company you don't want them to know how much you're making off of something because if it's an absurd amount of figures people are going to look to you and say damn do you deserve all that or they'll try to you know count your pocket and say wow this is too much for you to have and you don't want that out there steam has somewhat of a good reputation when it comes to gamers you don't really see them taking too much of an advantage um they actually put money into steam itself as you can see over the years because they patch immediately they have a great security system they do a good job with like oh my god it's 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 a lot but yeah it's it's it, that's just how it is um so if if this is vital information for any type of point that needs to be brought up in the case 
then share the information, but keep it confidential and only within that court. Do not release that information publicly. But if it's not a detriment, then that they shouldn't have even wrote Valve into that fight, to be honest. They like they have a dog in the fight, and really they should be on the side of Epic, to be perfectly honest, with the image that they would uh with they that they peddle. But the position that they're in having the platform that they have, they would have to align themselves with Apple and Google in that sense. But um the but the reason why I said that uh second is because they really have nothing to gain to support Apple and Google's side of the argument aside from keeping their status quo. But honestly, Steam's the whole point of Steam's origin was literally the same the same thing that's motivating Epic right now meaning a platform where people can publish their games and have them be seen out of a trusted source or one-stop shop for all of it and steam pretty much paved the way they're the trailblazers so this is like you know what i'm saying the kid gets in trouble and they turn around and say but my my mom or my dad does it you know what i mean and that's not really you know a great thing well it's not that i'm not saying that that's what it is but that's how it comes off i'll say that's the perception so anyway Hopefully, uh, if Valve has no trouble with sharing this information, maybe, you know, they don't care about transparency, uh, you know, saying being a priority, then cool. But uh, we'll just have to see what happens and uh, let the chips fall where they may any report as it happens. Next on Eurogamer.net, excuse me, Eurogamer.net by Tom Phillips, this article. It's basically um, bringing forth, uh, mentioning The Legend of Zelda and its 35-year anniversary. And Zelda being 35, I put this here because I wanted to have a quick, like, you know, minute or two to just let it sit, let it be said that yes, Zelda is an amazing series. I loved it, been a fan all my life. It was one of my first adventure games, my first experience with freedom of exploration and being rewarded for that exploration. Uh, it literally will train the mind of a child to always be willing to learn and explore something new and unfamiliar and to overcome your fear. And it's great. You know, their greatest hero is one of courage, not of power nor wisdom. That's a that is amazing narrative. That's a great writing, you know what I mean? So and, and it's it's great because it lasts for so long. And you could retell that story for years because I mean, let's truth is often stranger than fiction and you know, that's very relatable that's a very relatable story to tell. So I've always been a fan. Uh, personally, my favorites have always been amongst these, but not limited to Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, uh, Majora's Mask, and purely for plot and story alone, Skyward Sword. Um, motion controls um, kind of bother me with Skyward Sword, and then there was hardware limitations of the Wii, so I felt like the sky and the ground areas should have been explored a little better, or imagine if it was actually... A more streamlined transition from sky to ground like you know what i mean like i like as i played it i was well into my 20s so i felt like as i played it that this was clearly screaming to me the limitations of the wii and it kind of like hurt the mystification of wow we're flying in the sky with birds and shit because that's actually a cool concept so anyway to get down to it uh twilight princess is also another favorite and those would be like my hallmark zeldas honestly um my honorable mentions would have to be oracle of ages and seasons 
and that damn oh link between wars on the 3ds is another favorite that was a damn good one okay a lot of the zeldas are good okay it would be easy if i named the bad ones but i ain't got time let's move on but yeah we'll probably make some uh separate content about zelda but then damn peanut butter gamer's done it to hear him back he's probably sick of it so do you really need me to do so if so then i'll do it if there's a demand but hey anywho next on the topic um on the docket excuse me techpowerup.com just highlighting the iFixit video tearing down of a joy a dual sense controller for the PS5 and explaining why Joy-Con drift exists. Um, honestly, I didn't watch the video myself because I mean it's literally the same analog stick design from the DualShock 4 and the 3, and debatably the two. So it's it's always it hadn't been much of a change in analog stick design in recent years. Those sensors, I already know about them. Everybody just not realized what Joy-Con drift is. They just don't know no better. Um, but basically, when it comes to Joy-Con drift, it's just the sensors inside the uh, analog sticks. Uh, uh, um, I guess you say the little block under it. Those sensors at times get dirt or humidity with. Um, you know throw the sensors off so you don't get the full 100% range of motion um 360 degree range of motion in your analog stick so at times the first thing to go and this is me speaking from experience and memory right here at times the first thing that will go and stop to function will be diagonal diagonal positions within the analog stick so we're talking like um upper left bottom left upper right bottom right those are the first things to stop function usually or i'd say for me because i've had Joe drift happen to me on so many games and a lot of people don't know but the gamecube actually had counter measurements for Joe drift which is ironic and really some player shit when you consider the fact that the gamecube was the first system that had dedicated digital analog input outside of the 64 the 64s was so archaic and 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 you know what i'm saying pioneering that that thing would literally be leaning all the way over if it's overused or misused and sometimes the plastic on the analog stick itself would like come off when using it while playing stuff like mario party where you're you know you have to rotate it a lot so yeah, the dust gets in there and at times you have issues with it. My trick for it, because uh, I have a DualShock 4 right now that has analog stick drift real bad on the left stick. And you're, the fastest solution for it, if you're not savvy with breaking down controllers, or if you're like me and you're lazy and tired of breaking down controllers every time drift comes back, you could just put your mouth on the analog stick and blow into the housing of the analog stick just hard blow some hot breath into it and it will immediately remedy your analog stick drift for a, a short period of time it, it'll work up until you like let it sit then the next time you boot it up it will probably you know happen again but yeah just blow into it and at times that will fix it um but yeah the gamecube used to have it where it would default set the center of your analog stick as what it is currently once you plug the, the controller in so basically if you unplug your controller if it's moving on its own and it's not centered you unplug it you plug it back in while it's running and it will accept 
whatever input that it's taking out of the analog stick as zero zero the center on coordinate plane of your analog stick and therefore it won't fix it completely but it helps a lot with the analog stick drill and adds way more lifetime to your controllers so yeah this is something new that everybody's just waking up to and i'm glad that they are at least so now we can put some energy into engineering something that works against this until then and you heard it here folks here's the major key the major 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 key all you got to do go to gamestop you get your fucking uh, uh um you buy a new controller and you get that fucking warranty you get that extended warranty as a person who used to work for gamestop but i'm telling you not as a guy who's in favor of their business just get you one with the warranty on it bro after a year if you play your game every day especially after a year passes up then the warranty will be up so all you got to do is go in there a week maybe two days before the warranty's up and they are obligated to give you a brand new controller that you do not have to pay for so yeah just do that like that's been the game since the dawn of time so yeah just do that anywho next over back on euro gamer the twitch replaced the metallica rocking out at blizzcon online with generic music to avoid DMCA takedown. So for those who are watching BlizzCon online through Twitch, uh, Twitch's DMCA uh, measures are overly aggressive and these um, record labels are overly greedy. So much to the point that it ruined a Metallica live show for anybody who was watching it through Twitch. So if you take a look, you're just going to see Metallica rocking out with all these awesome boomers, you know, by the way. And you're just going to hear like Muzak, elevator music and fucking, you know, whatever default royalty free that they whipped out. I whipped, I listened to it myself after somebody brought it to me. They told me about it and I was shocked. I was like, wait, no way. So yeah, when it comes to the point where you're clapping yourself, that's when you know that the music industry, if they ain't broke, they greedy as shit. Uh, Google Stadia Studio closure was reportedly influenced by Microsoft's Bethesda acquisition. So yeah, to sum this up, basically, um, Google didn't like the fact that um, game development is becoming increasingly more expensive as time goes on exponentially. So basically, they're just saying that it was one of the best ideas that they could make to go ahead and let that go once uh, Bethesda um, and ZeniMax Media was acquired by Microsoft. It's like, well, there's going to be a big chunk of our exclusivity and, you know, it would cost even more just to be able to get it back out of Microsoft hands and back onto the Stadia platform. So I don't blame them. But um, at the same time, I kind of, you know, duh, it's cloud gaming. We can't do that yet. Like most of the world ain't even got stable, good Internet connections. So let that go. Now, next on the docket, CD Projekt Red. Anyway, next on the docket, CD Projekt Red. So, they used DMCA to take down the tweet sharing their stolen game code, which they should. And anybody who stole their code and is foolish enough to be found should be tried in court, which they should. But let's get my opinions out of this real quick and just talk about the article. Several Twitter users said that they received DMCA notices for posting a leak to linked data. Alright, I retweeted. I ain't post shit. So don't come for me. You're going to come for the one, come for the right one, but don't shoot the message. All right. Anyway, um, basically, this is just them, you know what I'm saying, going after people who they should. Uh, They released an official tweet about it. That official tweet had like a whole like 
text document in uh, in notepad saying that you have been pwned and you have 25 hours to respond, etc., etc., etc. But uh, they're doing what they should in due time. So yeah, it's this is really not much else going on. It's just saying they they hit them with the DMCA's. So let's move on. Next on eTechnics.com, Rare's Dinosaur Planet N64 ROM is now playable. For those who don't know, Dinosaur Planet was supposed to be a sequel to the original Star Fox titles on the 64. It's supposed to be an adventure type game, and it was meant to be just all about dinosaurs on a planet, you know what I'm saying, that Fox ends up exploring. But um, the issue was that the game was scrapped because development started right at the end of the N64's life cycle and on the beginning of the GameCube. So they decided to just rebrand everything and rebuild it um, to a new build and, you know, change it a lot in order for it to be on the GameCube and rebranded it as Star Fox Adventures. Um, Star Fox Adventures was a trash-ass game, honestly. The flight segments were okay. But that shit was ass. Um, I remember even playing it as a kid. I was like, man, this looks dope as shit because he got the staff. Like, that's a cool weapon for you to have. And it was like a girl fox that he could fall in love with and shit. But then, you know, as time went on and you got a chance to try it or finally uh, rent it from Blockbuster. And you'd be like, ooh, bruh, that's a terrible fucking game. But, uh... <laughs> But the original uh, game that was made for N64 is now playable, and it should work perfectly. I won't say perfectly. Let me take that back. But according to the article and the people who released it in their tweets, uh, Force of Illusion, um, how they came across it was they bought the disc uh, CD that contained the ROM uh, build way back in like December 1st, 2000. And it was a Swedish collector who had it. They bought it off of them, recompiled it into a working ROM, I guess. And now you can play it in emulators. There will be graphical issues, but they said that you will be able to run it great on a flash card for your N64 if you so have it. Uh, for those who don't know, there's like, I think it's called like Mega Drive 64 or something where you just put an SD card, load it with ROMs onto it, and you're good to go put it into a cart that it has a, a SD card slot on a N64 cartridge and you pop the cartridge into your N64 and you go. Now, um, I found this neat because I remember the announcements and reading the magazine articles about uh, Rare's Dinosaur Planet. You know, Rare could do no wrong. That's one of the rare developers that literally do not fucking miss, bro. It's a rare chance that they ever miss, bro. Rare is, rare is so good, man. Let's move on, though. Uh, over on comicbook.com, Xbox Game Pass losing five more games, and those games would be Jackbox Party Pack, Jack Jackbox, excuse me, Jackbox Party Pack Four, Van Brent's Cold Soul, Momodora Reverie Under the Moonlight, and yeah, yeah, that's all of them. And the thing about it is, uh, the PC version of Xbox Game Pass will be losing the same games except for Jackbox Party Pack Four. Now. This bothers me because people who parade, matter of fact, I'm finna talk shit to my boy in uh in Discord too, cause he loves him some fucking Xbox Game Pass. But um, yeah, people who praise this shit really don't know that down the line it might be an old game that you just want to pick up, install, and play, and you won't be able to, cause it's not a part of the service anymore. 
It's always better to own the physical copy. You can't beat physical copies. Now, in his defense, he did say that for people who like to buy new games, only play it once, watch the credit scroll and move on, or if you only buy play a new game and then you play a few hours and never boot it up again, then that makes sense for PC players especially. Fine. You're winning in that case, in that specific scenario. But in the long term, if you're an enthusiast of playing video games and having and collecting video games, you will always lose if you do the subscription thing. I'm I'm still weary about the PlayStation Plus subscription because there's a lot of free games that I have. But thanks to that Plus subscription, I've played a lot of games that I would not have bought that turned out to be actually pretty good and became fans of those games. So it's good for that feature. Epic Game Store does the same. But if it's a game I actually come across and like, I'm going to purchase it. I have to purchase it because I want to be able to play it down the line if I get if I so get the urge. You know what I mean? Like recently, what was that? Last year, I replayed Bayonetta 1. I do not have a Wii U, don't have a Switch. I do, however, did, however, support Platinum Games when they originally released the game on PS3. Do have it now. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, there's a win and there's a loss. You know what I'm saying? There's always a trade-off. If servers go down for the PS3 in the future, then I won't be able to patch Bayonetta and it'll always run like shit. But, um... Pick your poison. I wasn't even writing this. I just wanted to rant. Fuck it. I got it out. But I still get to talk shit. So, let me go ahead and... <laughs> I'm starting some shit right now, actually. <laughs> Boom, and I just tagged him in Discord. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Next on the docket, uh, over at GameDebate.com, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection finally brings the original trailer to PC. I saw it on the Nintendo Direct first, and let me tell you, I was happy. There's no way to play the modern-day Ninja Gaidens with a good frame rate outside of the PS3 editions of the first two games everything else is razor's edge 3 and it was released on everything but we didn't get the first two and personally i love ninja gaiden 2 one is great one is great but it's very obtuse and it didn't age well and if you're not used to those old controls then it's gonna feel like a clunky piece of shit to you now Two improved a lot. It made everything better. It streamlined the bow and arrow. Everything's way, 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 way better in two. It's like night and day. And I love two. However, three, the Razor's Edge Edition is amazing still. And it's hard for me to pick a favorite. But I love this trilogy. I love this series. I can't wait to stream some fucking Ninja Gaiden for you guys. You have no idea how good I am at that fucking game. It's insane how good I am. I really want y'all to see my stylish combos. I can't fucking wait. I'm hype. This is the shit I've been waiting on. Let's move on to the last topic so I can calm the fuck down. Oh, and last thing before we move on to the last topic. Um, goddamn. The Nintendo Direct. I wanted to be mad. Shout out to Pelvic Gaming. I wanted to be mad about it. I wasn't a fan of the Smash character reveal. I wasn't a fan of the majority of the games that they revealed. I wanted to be mad. I wanted to be mad. But she made a tweet saying... That we should be happy that we even got a direct and that there's still updates and stuff going on with COVID and all stuff going on. And she's right. She's absolutely right. So now I gotta, I had to catch myself, humble myself and be like, damn, I shouldn't be mad about this. I don't even have a switch yet. I can't afford it. So I shouldn't be mad about this. But, um, 
if that's the case, then, hey, that means I get to talk shit about people who are mad about it. So stop seething, you fucking incels. Moving on. Now, um, former Nintendo of America president Reggie Fees May is not impressed with E3 2021 plans over on GameInformer.com, written by Jason Guisau. Guisau? Anywho's, uh, to sum things up, here's this quotation. And you know I like to get y'all the quotations out of the article because everything else is context and pretense. But he says, and I quote, I think that the platform holders need to find a way to digitally need to find a way digitally to enable their fans, their players, to experience the content because that's the key for E3, right? The ability the ability to be playing The Last of Us Part 3 for the first time, or to play the next Breath of the Wild game for the first time, or to play the next great game coming from the new amalgamation of all the Xbox studios. What he's saying is E3 has to evolve because right now, Jeff Keighley, as they mentioned in the article, is killing it by doing it way better. The Game Awards was bigger than E3. I really prefer that format of, hey, we got a celebrity that's here to talk, but all they got to do is say, hi, love video games, here's the trailer, here's the winner of the category, and fuck off. And that I love. Just give me trailers. That Sony conference that revealed the PlayStation 5, bruh, just trailers and show me the box. Then shut the fuck up and get out. That's all you got to do to get gamers hyped, bro. And and for some reason, it got a little crazy during the 2010 era where it was like Ubisoft making a new Just Dance uh, presentation on the E3 stage just so they can be a part of the cringe hype and the memes. So we, we, we got to do something with Aisha Tyler being memed, you know. But hey, but y'all stop coming for Aisha Tyler. Y'all shut the fuck up. All right. She a queen. So... I don't know why y'all hate bad bitches. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, he's got a perfect point. Like, it makes so much sense. Sick of the days of E3 being bastardized. You feel me? Like, it ain't even like it used to be. Like, there was a time when when they announced the uh, the price of the PlayStation 1. And, and everybody was going back and forth. Like, how much this supposed to cost? How much the Jaguar? How much is that? How much the Neo Geo? And the dude just came up, like, just walking to the podium. And he just said... The price of that bitch, what was he? I think he said like what, three ninety nine, two ninety nine. I think he said two ninety nine, and just walked off like a badass. That's all you need, bro. Oh my, bro. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be racist, but y'all, y'all white people need swagger. But yeah, um, yeah. That's all the articles I got right now. That's the most that I want to say right now because we want to keep the time short. Um. Yeah, so let's get down to it and just let y'all know that you can find me over on Twitch by the same name of the YouTube channel, Slim Cognito Entertainment. Make sure you check me out on Twitter. Follow me. We just hit 500 followers on Twitter. So, you know, word up for that. Um, Just hit, bro, just hit me up. Get in touch with me. Tell me. Like, give me something in the comments. Let me know what you like and don't like. Where am I fucking up? What am I doing good? What did you do today? Like, I don't care. Just, Just tell me something. Otherwise, y'all take care of yourselves and always remember the channel motto, okay? Intentions are the most important. Actions ain't nothing but loud and words don't mean a damn thing. I love y'all. Peace.